Welcome to Living Water Radio. We have conquered grapes growing in our backyard. They were here when we bought the house. The old wood is huge, and the vines have kind of entwined themselves with many other forms of foliage. The grapes are sweet and remind me of the jelly on my favorite sandwich, peanut butter and jelly, or PB&J, which reminds me of Holy Communion. Oh, and the Olympics. Today we're going to look at how those are all connected. My name is Pastor David Burkadal. My wife, Reverend Sally Welch, is co-producing this podcast. Sally is a United Church of Christ slash Christian Church Disciples of Christ ordained minister, focusing on ecumenical and ecumenical and interfaith ministry. I served Lutheran Christian congregations in Compton, California, and in San Dimas, California, for over 40 years. Today, maintaining our yard is my gym, and I'm active as a volunteer in the leadership of the more than 100 Evangelical Lutheran Church in America congregations in our area. Between the two of us, we have over 80 years of ordained ministry experience. Check out our first Living Water Radio podcast, number zero, Welcome and Introduction, for more information about us and this podcast. Next Sunday will be the fifth Sunday in a row in which the main theme of the gospel lessons at this point in the church reading calendar in the vast majority of churches in the world will center around bread. One of my favorite lunches is centered around bread. It's a sandwich, usually made with a fresh whole wheat bread, though a nice double-baked rye bread with caraway seeds is good too. Inside the sandwich is extra crunchy peanut butter and Welch's grape jelly. That Welch is no relation to my wife, Reverend Sally Welch. (laughs) I like the texture of the bread, the earthy substance and crunch of the peanut butter, and though I've mostly lost my sweet tooth over the years, the sweet freshness of the conquered grape jelly. In John chapter 6, verse 51, we see, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats of this bread will live forever, and the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. Jesus is the food that everyone knows, bread. But bread will only feed us for this life. Jesus gives us the bread of life that will endure forever. Himself, Jesus Christ, crucified. The text that follows takes us into deep water and surface currents of metaphor in verses 52 through 57. The Jews then disputed among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? So Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Those who eat my flesh and drink my blood have eternal life, and I will raise them up on the last day, for my flesh is true food and my blood is true drink. Those who eat my flesh and drink my blood abide in me, and I in them. Just as the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so whoever eats me will live because of me. So, what is he talking about here? The Jews refers to the Jewish leaders, as everybody around Jesus was Jewish. The leaders argued among themselves about what Jesus was saying, and with good reason. The early Christians were accused of cannibalism by their ignorant or hostile opponents. Even today, Christians in places where Christianity is newly forming are accused of the same thing. We know that the forms of bread and wine in the sacrament or sacred event of Holy Communion don't chemically change, even as Jesus is present in, with, and under those forms. 
But whatever we believe about the mechanics of Holy Communion, we believe that it is Holy Communion. We commune with the one true Holy God in a sacrament begun and commanded by Jesus Christ. In this sacrament, as 16th century church reformer Martin Luther writes in his small catechism, we receive forgiveness of sins, life, and salvation. For where there is forgiveness of sins, there is also life and salvation. If eating bread and drinking wine did that by itself, we'd have a lot of saved people in this world. But it is not just eating and drinking. Luther says, It is not eating and drinking that does this, but the words given and shed for you for the remission of sins. He puts those words in bold. These words, he says, along with eating and drinking, are the main thing in the sacrament. And whoever believes these words has exactly what they say, forgiveness of sins. When we eat the bread in whatever form and drink the wine or grape juice, We receive something incredible. We receive forgiveness of sins, life, and salvation. God is present in the forms of bread and wine so that we may receive these things. We commune with God. Jesus says, Very truly I tell you, words he uses when making an official pronouncement, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Those who eat my flesh and drink my blood have eternal life, and I will raise them up on the last day, for my flesh is true food and my blood is true drink. What does Jesus say when he came, that he came to bring in John 10.10? The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Life, abundant life, eternal life. Bread, peanut butter, and jelly make a great sandwich in which, as with many sandwiches, the whole is greater than the sum of its parts, especially when the meal comes with memories. Jesus brings life because of the gift of himself, fully God as well as fully human being, on the cross for us. He commanded us to do this in the remembrance of me, in receiving Holy Communion. The presence of Jesus in Holy Communion comes not only with memories, but with the living present reality of Jesus right now. Remembrance brings the past into the present. It is communion with God for forgiveness of sins, life, and salvation. All these things are given in the forms of bread and wine that we eat and drink as Jesus' flesh and blood given for us on the cross. Life in Jesus, the bread of life that endures forever, is given for you. This text from John concludes with the words of Jesus in verse 58. This is the bread that came down from heaven, not like that which your ancestors ate and they died, but the one who eats this bread will live forever. Jesus' presence is not a metaphor. It's literally Jesus' presence, even though we aren't eating flesh and blood. The bread of the ancestors of the Jewish people was manna, the dew-like substance that would spoil in a day that God gave to the children of Israel to eat after he had liberated them, them from slavery in Egypt. They ate it in the desert. They ate it waiting for the promise of God. They learned that God would provide for them, and they learned to trust God. Jesus is the bread that came down from heaven that lasts forever. The Tokyo Summer Olympics have been going on now for a while and ended yesterday. 
There were many medal-worthy performances and exciting competitions, and there were gold medal commercials. The ad with the Paralympic swimmer was my favorite. Maybe you saw in the news that a study of a 1,000 people in the United States, a pretty good sample, showed that 40% overall with 60% of men and 20% of women believed that they were in good enough shape to complete in an Olympic event. Were they all thinking of curling? Maybe they meant they could finish an Olympic event. Maybe they were not aware that the Olympics have qualifying standards. Or maybe that was just a test to identify the delusional. The Olympic, ancient Olympic Games began in 776 BC and ended in 393 AD. They were a big deal, and Olympic sports would have been familiar to Paul. Athletes didn't compete for medals, but for a crown of olive or laurel leaves. That's where our expression for honors of laurels comes from. Paul refers to Olympic sports more than one place in the New Testament, but I'd just like to highlight one. 1 Corinthians 9, verses 24 through 27. Do you not know that in a race the runners all compete, but the only one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may win it. Athletes exercise self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable one. So I do not run aimlessly, nor do I box as though beating the air, but I punish my body and enslave it so that after proclaiming to others, I myself should not be disqualified. Notice that Paul didn't describe athletic events from the point of view of a spectator, but as a participant. When we go to the altar to literally, and I mean literally, commune with God, our only attitude can be humility and gratitude. We are not spectators. We are actively receiving forgiveness of sins, life, and salvation as gifts. We can only respond to God's gifts with worship. Worship. Soren Kierkegaard, the Danish philosopher and theologian, once reflected on people who go to a worship service and sit there as spectators, as at a movie or a play. They expect to get something. But that's consumerism, not worship. The question to ask, Kierkegaard said, when worship is over, is not, what did I get out of that? But, how did I do? There are a lot of people in the LA area, and every one of them needs to be fed or they will die, and that death will be final and eternal. I like peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, but they will perish, and no matter how many I eat in the meantime, I will get hungry again. There are a lot of Christians in the LA area, and we all need to be regularly fed by God's word and sacraments. The good news is that though we too will die, our eternal life has already begun in our baptism. In terms of salvation, we have already died in our baptism. We are nourished at God's holy table, and we receive God's word gladly whenever we gather. Everything else is a response to those gifts in the Christian life, including most of the time we spend together. We gather to receive the bread of life, and we get spiritually obese unless we live and worship God in response to what God has given us. D.T. Niles, the Selenese, or today Sri Lankan, evangelist, ecumenical leader, and hymn writer, once said, Evangelism is just one beggar telling another beggar where to find bread. Church reformer Martin Luther said almost the same thing. We are all mere beggars telling other beggars where to find bread. Let's think about that for a minute. 
Evangelism is just one beggar telling another beggar where to find bread. Does that language seem too harsh? It's certainly not popular. That is all we can do when we share our faith, but that bread is the bread of life. It's Jesus, the bread that came down from heaven and will endure forever. Do we think of ourselves as fully deserving of our salvation because we are good people? Or do we see ourselves as beggars, as sinners deserving only punishment, but receiving only grace from a loving God who died in the cross in order to reconcile humanity through the living relationship that only the one true living God can give? A PB&J sandwich will nourish us for a limited time. Holy Communion is communion with God in the present and is an appetizer for the eternal feast that is to come. We live and work like an Olympic athlete in response to what God has given us at the cross, an imperishable crown of forgiveness of sins, life, and salvation. Receive those gifts from God and respond to God with a life of worship this Sunday and every day, forever. Today, let's remember to pray for all those who have yet to get the vaccine, because they are most at risk to themselves and to others. And let's remember to pray the Lord's Prayer today, the one that Jesus taught us. If you don't know what that is, contact us at therevsdavidandsally at gmail.com, or send us a tweet to at David Burkadal, and we'll send it to you. Send your prayer requests to the same addresses, and we'll include them next time. Send your comments there as well. As always, we encourage you to stay hydrated. Open your heart to receive the living water from the source, God's self, the living presence of the one true living God, the God who gave himself on the cross so that all who believe and are baptized might be restored to the living relationship with God for which we were created. Remember your church. Identify one if you don't already have one. Ask a friend about it or a family member. Google it. Contact the pastor. When you have a church, go to or tune in to the worship services they have available and support your church financially so that it will be there when we come back to fully physically present worship together. Support your pastor and church leaders. Pray for them and help them in any way that you can. If you or a loved one are having thoughts of suicide or are struggling with mental health issues, call somebody. Google a local or national hotline. Reach out. You are not alone. Wear a mask when you're outside your home, practice social distancing, wash or sanitize your hands regularly. Stay at home unless you are providing essential services or need them. Avoid crowds and be outside if you have to be in a crowd. Be kind to everyone you come into contact with, especially those who are sacrificing their security to provide for yours. Thank you for listening to Living Water Radio. We are here for Christians and for the people of the Los Angeles metropolitan area who are looking for a sense of Christian community, a source of hope, and a way to thrive together during this global pandemic. We hope you'll tune in next time and invite your friends to do the same. Meanwhile, Sally and I encourage you to open your hearts to receive living water, the presence of the Holy Spirit, and stay hydrated.